2: So the L.A. Rams will be the number two seed. They finished 13-3, a 13-win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. They still have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man gonna dominate. Boy, Offense, defense, special teams. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline
1: yeah. sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, our Sunday night single de Mayo. Happy single de Mayo to all you folks who are celebrating today. It is May 5th. This will be out probably May 6th unless Mike loses the data on that too. We'll find out. He's laughing at me now <laughs> a little bit. It was a little bit of inside joke there. I'll let you in on the secret a bit. Uh, before we do, we do want to go ahead and let you know that don't forget, just because we're in the offseason – we're still plugging the tour around the league has begun we're also getting in some interviews with other players so don't forget us don't go away we're still with you all summer we're stalking you I promise and not in a felony kind of way we're not letting you slip away so easily hey Mike how you doing bud hey
2: bud man we're doing good out here on the west coast the best coast in the world California doing good man enjoying the Cinco de Mayo
1: so I was teasing Mike before the show because he is never in the same spot. Every time we do a podcast, every time, it's like he's in a different room of a different house. It's like the guy is a nomad. And for the first time ever, I'm watching him on the show right now in the same spot. But there's a caveat to that. And that is he is using data because he is still without the interwebs. The inter- <laughs> <laughs> So if he sounds a little bit off, it's not that our technology is purposely jacked up. It is because Mike is totally messing up with the whole internet thing. You know, actually, it's an internet company. We just wanted to throw him under the bus a little bit. So all that in mind, though, you're looking good. You're looking happy. How's Hey, how's man, going?
2: we're just out here getting it done, man. We're ready to go, man. Getting it done, getting it
1: done. And in, in the fall, in the, sorry, the spring workouts are doing fine?
2: Yeah, man, we're going to hit it hard starting tomorrow. So uh, big day uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week. And we'll be hitting it good for the next three weeks before graduation. Take a week off and then we'll work into our summer program.
1: What's the, what's the atmosphere like right now around the school as you guys begin this whole new era of drillers football?
2: well it's a mixed bag of chips you got a lot of excitement but there's also a little bit of uh, hesitation if you will we're still looking for an offensive coordinator that's going to be suited to run a little bit more of a spread offense that I'd love to run uh, with our players that we have so there's a little trepidation on oh man we still have an OC yet and so but there's a lot of excitement Uh, everybody's ready to go so We'll see how it goes on uh, next week.
1: So, folks, if you are in the Bakersfield area and you want to be an offensive coordinator, there you go. Stewart here is on the lookout for an offensive football mind. Okay, we, we want no triple option at this point. It's all spread. Yeah, that's right. I mean. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, folks, we, do, we don't we do have a whole lot tonight. We We have an interview with New tight and Romello Brooker a little bit later on. There's a few things going on, but we're starting to settle in. More into the dead season, we call it. And so what we want to do is just talk a little bit about the news that's going on. But before we do, we do want you to know that this episode is sponsored by Jim Hawkins and book team. We also remind you that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. You can also find our podcast listed with Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information at your fingertips. Check them out at ClutchPoints.com or download the app. And finally, don't forget though. right now we are running another contest on iTunes. That Once we get to 200 five-star reviews, one lucky winner will get a $75 gift certificate to NFLShop.com. This is how it works. You head over iTunes, you leave a five-star review, you send us an email at top 1945 with a copy of your entry so we know who to reward. We'll also read your feedback on the show. And if it's really good feedback, we'll have Mike Stewart here read it in a Darth Vader voice, okay? I mean, I'm not sure if he'll actually do it. I just threw one of the bus again, but he's laughing, so it did all right. Don't forget other shows on the network as well. That includes Butting Heads, uh, the Ridiculous Rams Uncensored, the uh, Rated RRR, probably maybe even NC-17 at this point, for not for my ears. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. We may edit that part out, or we may leave it so you can laugh at us later. Moving on. News and notes. Okay, Blake is safety here, who has had some nice games for us, was waived this week by the Rams, a salary cap casualty as our team, as are doing the best they can to get some money available to pay some of these rookies and maybe even fill some more gaps. The Eagles later claimed him. Mike, how do you feel about that move?
2: Well, it would be interesting to see how, how Blake does. He's going to a loaded backfield with the Eagles, with uh, Malcolm and the rest of the guys. But I'm, my assumption is they're probably going to use him a lot more as a punt returner, kick returner type guy. And fill in, he's, he's become a solid guy, you know, as a special teams player. So, uh, you know, we lost one, but I'm sure we're going to do well with the guys we have.
1: Well, it, we did see the team draft, I believe, two safeties. Is that correct? So, Correct. Correct. I mean, so. it's going to be a move here down the line. Nick Scott was drafted as a special teams guy. That kind of makes Blake Countess a little obsolete in terms of money, not uh, not in terms of ability because he's he's for the longest career, but at least in terms of money. And then, of course, Mister Rap, our new safety, will be doing some time, I'm sure, on special teams as well before he eventually steps in to start. I hope, right? We can hope. That's why they drafted him for. Uh, geez, uh, Ted Rath. I didn't really want to talk too much about him, but it, 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 it his trial date has been set. The His time is coming here. Of course, if you don't know the name, maybe hopefully you do. He's basically the get-back guy for Sean McVeigh. He is going to be, well, on trial for doing some very bad things. And the question is, even at this point, they find him innocent. Well, Will we ever see him on Ram sideline again, even if you sound innocent
2: yeah I mean that's that's a real hard sell with the climate we're living in today. I mean it's not only you're not you're guilty already at this point in time, and even if you are to get off in a situation like uh he's dealing with i I highly doubt that uh we will see him in a ram uniform.
1: The me too movement has definitely made its impact throughout not just football, but American culture overall. And it's really hard to imagine that they would have him back, at least not immediately, maybe over time if he's found innocent. He could work his way back with an NFL team, if not the Rams, somebody else. But it looks, you know, today teams are so squeamish about these situations, and they should be, by the way. you This is a black mark on your team if it goes the wrong way. And, and even sometimes if they, don't, if they're innocent, just who were you involved with that you would wind up being accused of this? I mean, there's always these different thoughts. And of course we live in a society that also is supposed to be, um, innocent until proven guilty. Well, for me, I'm not going to sit back and judge this, but it looks like in terms of a, just a repu a reputation thing, I would say probably not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's going to be a tough sell, uh, to get around that because, you know, the old saying is, where there's smoke, there's fire. So as you stated, it just, you know, how do you get wrapped up into something like this, number one, and then trying to unravel it is almost impossible, even if you're found innocent.
1: I mean, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But the big conversation I wanted to have with you today is, well, it's concerning Arash Markazi's, Murka- article la times he's kind of a interesting guy over there at the la times he likes to basically write and talk about at least it seems some of the franchises that are kind of behind the big boys for example if it's the lakers he'll talk about the clippers if it's the if it's the dodgers he might talk about the angels if it's the rams he might talk about the chargers if it's the LA Kings, I'll go talk about the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. So he likes to go a little bit into the, you know, basically the right headed stepchild type of thing here. And he writes, his basic point in the article is that the Chargers are making progress in LA. Well, that's my first question. You're out there. Are the Chargers making progress and how so?
2: Well, progress is anything, right? If if I got two stoplights on the street and I get past one of the stoplights, yeah, I'm making progress, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to get all the way up the road. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose I could be making some progress, but, you know, this is still a Rams town and the Chargers have got a long way to go to, to really make
1: an impact. When you're talking about the Chargers, I've been saying this for probably a year, year and a half now. If they go to L.A. and then they go to L.A., winning the fan base over in L.A. is going to be really ridiculous when for years the fans in L.A. rooted for their arrival, the Raiders. Now you're expecting this team to go ahead and cheer for their divisional arrival. These fans cheer for them. I don't see how that works. I don't see how L.A. fans, at least of an AFC team, can just turn around and and get over that history. and short, I, th- I don't really think the Chargers can be successful long-term in LA. Am I wrong?
2: Yeah, I, d- I don't see, you know, the move up here was, was an interesting move. Uh, again, when you're, you're looking at these franchises moving it, typically there's, there's some money reasons behind it. Seems like that with the Chargers, you know, not being able to get the stadium built by the city instead of digging into their own pockets. But, You know, as it goes out here, with the Rams coming back, picked up a lot of the old-time Rams fans that have been around, but the Raider fans are still Raider fans loyal to the Raiders, so they're a hard convert either way. So that being the case, you're talking about, are you going to convert a Rams fan to be a Charger fan? Not happening.
1: Well, that's what I'm thinking in terms of, can, maybe transient fans, but a lot of these transient fans in L.A. are, are probably going to drift back towards the Rams or, stick their, or their teams with like the Steelers and Cowboys and, oh gosh, <coughs> the 49ers. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay, the Steelers just still have an impact. I mean, a lot of these franchises, they, they have that problem in big cities where you have transients. A great example was early morning, and I got a early morning to talk to Glenn Notton from Jets Nation for the tour around the league. And he was talking about how, in the past few years especially, the attendance of Jets games have seen a lot of opposing fans. And part of it is, of course, the the Jets are pretty bad. But also, look where they live in New York City. People move there. uh, People move to the area, so it's not the same in Cleveland. Not many people from outside Cleveland move to Cleveland. Not many people from outside Pittsburgh move to Pittsburgh. But a lot of people will move to Chicago, a lot of people will move to New York, a lot of people will move to LA, and you are going to have different allegiances. I'm just really skeptical that the Chargers are really kind of making this progress that Marcosi is saying they're making. And I'm more skeptical that they will be successful long term unless they win a Super Bowl in short order, which is possible. They have a very good team. But I just don't see them making that move. Yeah, I,
2: I, I agree in a sense that, yeah, if they win the Super Bowl, would they pick up some fans? Of course. But you're still talking about a city that was without the Rams for so long Technically, we get our team back. We got our team back. Everybody's excited. And the team is actually good. And, you know, you go all the way to the Super Bowl and come up a little short. You still have what looks to be the making of a great team for the season coming forward, coming up. So the Chargers still have a long way to go. Uh, the only thing they have out here really is my boy Mark Marcellus Wiley who is a Charger, ex-Charger, and he kind of gives them some air times on the radio, but, you know, that's really it outside of, you know, them trying to put up a few more wins.
1: Now, going to the other side here, the Rams, they've now been back a year longer. We can all be honest about this and say they really botched that first year, put a horrible football team out there with a very, not just a horrible football team on the field, but they were horrible to watch. They were not an easy team to like. They played bad football. They had bad attitudes and the coaching staff was atrocious. The PR around that was horrible. And then they get Sean McVay. And over the last two years now, we've seen a total flip, not just in the Rams culture as a team, but within the entire organization and how, people around the league view them. You live there. You are a Rams alum. How much progress are the Rams making now in winning LA?
2: Well, at the end of the day, you look at that first year, it was the move-in year. You know, they just kind of came here, and boom, all the Rams are coming back. But you're talking about getting settled on housing, getting settled on the practice facility. Getting settled in the stadium, you know, getting settled on the day to day in and out between the off season to the preseason to the regular season, you know. Now that they're settled, and now that they have a great coaching staff, a co- cohesive staff that now has been together going on the third year, all these things point to a settled environment. Once you have a settled environment. You know, guys and their families not not so much worrying about, you know, what's going to happen next, you know, where am I going? Everybody knows their way around. And so all those things play into a positive outlook, spirit, mindset. So those things being the case, the Rams are in it for the long haul, and they're going to be a formidable team for the distant future.
1: And they have, well, they have the backing of – an owner who's willing to spend money long term. And that's not something we can really say for sure about the Chargers. I just don't see that when you are basically a for-free renter for in this new stadium and you have a reputation as an organization for being cheap versus the Rams who have been doing everything top notch, that's a hard part of reputation to get past. And to me it's no matter what the the Rams are always going to be a destination spot as long as you have a guy like Sean McVay as your head coach. My Absolutely. Is, but my flip side too is Mike Anthony Lynn is no joke out there either.
2: That's true. That's true. Anthony Lynn has has done a great job uh, from the head coaching position, rallying his team, getting things done. But remember, Sean McVay comes off of a a tree genealogy of Mister his grandfather, who ran the 49ers. And the things that I see that the Rams do from their practices to the way they they condition, to the way they they carry themselves, it's a lot like the 49ers in a sense of they make it player-friendly, a destination that players want to go to, and then they're winning. And now you have a young core that can go down the road and, and remember that was the key ingredients with the niners they had a young corn from the montanas to jerry to the rathmans to the roger craigs and so on and so forth they were together a long time in Bronny lot and they were able to win year in year out year in and year out so to me it looks a lot like that formula is here to stay and the rams are doing well with it
1: now Moving on in the future here, you say you think the Rams are going to be competing for a long time. The Chargers, they got better in the draft. Is it possible to you that L.A. could wind up being an epicenter for great football in the NFL?
2: Of course. I mean, but again, that's a great thing about a new season, a new year. It's all everybody's in the championship right now. And so it's going to take, you know, hopefully teams stay healthy for one And then it's always, how does your team win Sunday in, Sunday out? And every year, you know, like I said, 89, we went to the NFC Championship game, but then 1990, we weren't even close. So even though everything looks optimistic and grand on kind of both sides, the Chargers and the Rams, it still comes down to Sunday in, Sunday out, because now Rams, especially when you're the top dog, everybody's going to play their best game.
1: Especially next year. Is it coming back off a terrible year the Saints will, <laughs> what, week two for the Saints?
2: Absolutely, absolutely yeah, that's, gonna be,
1: that's gonna be bananas. An absolute bananas game. Okay, moving on, folks. Most of us are practically addicted to anything. In Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history, the personal touch, check out Jim Hawks. Hall of Team, great Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams, who ends up Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Rebound plays at Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Chris Leach Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story, spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hall of Team, Dot com and on Twitter at Hollis Team. It's also available both in hardback and electronic format on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Folks, it is a really solid book to read. If you like Rams history, if you like a personal touch to go with it, it's worth your time. If you like paperbacks, just wait a couple months. It'll be on September 6th. I've read it cover to cover. It's for a great cause. The great cause is Homeboy Industries, folks. All approaches go to Homeboy Industries, which works get kids out of the gang life and into being productive members of society. Check it out. Hall was seen grit, glamour, and the 1950s Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, so we do have an interview coming up here now with Romello Brooker, the Houston tight end who is now signed with the Rams as an undrafted free agent. i got to be honest, folks. I got him on the interview. He's taking a walk with his pregnant wife. So, And it's a little windy that day, so you're going to hear some weird things in the background. No, again, in terms of we're making fun of our technology today, um, it is not the world's best feed at times, but it's a solid interview. Introduce you to a really nice guy who has done a lot uh, just to get to where he is now in terms of his career, and hopefully, the young man can make the team. So here we go. Here is our interview with Romello Brooker. Alright folks, I'm here with Romello Brooker, our new tight end for the Los Angeles Rams undrafted free agent who made the, I think, a great decision to sign on to wear the horns. <laughs> How you doing today, man?
3: I'm good, man. I'm good. Couldn't so, be better.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's for many people just a dream to play and there's the sport they love and and uh, we're glad that you had that opportunity. You had the opportunity now to go out there and and make the team and, and be in the NFL. And so right away, I want to ask a little bit about your upbringing, where you grew up, and and how you got into the sport of football.
3: Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, I grew up in uh, Houston, Texas. Started playing football in middle school, actually. Uh, before I was, you know, just a straight basketball guy. But um, I started playing football, and they did. Just open my eyes for something new, man. Uh, I was always told, you know, I had great hands as a youngster. Uh, great size. I was always, you know, pretty fast for my size. So, so thought of it in, man, and took a chance on football, and I loved it ever since I picked up the football. So, well,
1: I'm here now. So, when did you know that this was something you wanted to do for a career? I would say high the, the feeling of winning in any
3: sport is really good, but uh, it's great in football. I love it. I've loved the sport for a long time. I want to continue to do it as long as I can, and uh, that's what I'm going to do.
1: Okay, so you go on and you go to Houston. So you stay at home, you play at University of Houston. What was it like to be able to stay at home? Were there other schools you were interested in? How did that come about?
3: Uh, well, you know, coming out of high school, I had many offers. Houston happened to be my first offer. um and the most uh, you know, in-contact school that I talked to. Um, it was also, you know, a, a plus, you know, because it's right there at home, you know, my, my people can come see me play whenever that was a plus. Uh, the coach that got me there, Brandon Milton, really had a good, you know, I really built a really good rapport with him and, you know, uh, fell in love with the school, you know, after my business and all, and made my decision really early, you know, I just wanted to play in Houston. And that's what I did. That was, ready, you know, any decision at all, so I'm happy with the decision I made.
1: So this year, 33 catches, 409 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, you had a long in week, in week two against Arizona, Pac-10 team. Well, no, but she's a Pac-12, Pac-30, I'm not sure. Uh, 52 yeah. yards. I know, they just keep expanding. And really, you know, at least put yourself in a position to where teams notice you. Obviously, the Rams did, and I'm sure others did as well. What are some of your attributes right now, that you believe will help you succeed in getting, you know, being an NFL player and playing in the league long term?
3: Uh, first of all, just uh, the skill set that I have, you know, just being a big, you know, target, um, being able to move, being versatile, being a physical blocker, um, great hands, and this is my mindset that I have, man, I think it's going to, you know, take me a long way. Not so confident uh, this game comes down, you know, confidence. It's something I've always had and something I'll carry with me. It'll take me a long way.
1: And, you know, of course, one of the things you have is speed for a tight end at that's 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 uh, something nice to have for a 240-pound dude. But with, with that kind of speed, I'm just curious here, what are the attributes or the weaknesses in your game that you have to improve to succeed the next level?
3: Say, you know, sustaining blocks longer. That's going to be a big, you know, that i have to focus on getting open has always been pretty easy for me but i know i'm gonna to have to work even harder at the next level yeah man just <laughs> i mean i'm just taking day by day get better every day so i can be the best player i can be
1: it's always difficult to see as an undrafted free agent coming in and you're going to try and make this team and in the rams have always been very good at finding diamonds in the rough the guys who other teams look over, look over, and they become players in this league as undrafted free agents. What the Rams have been, done very well. Um, uh, so there is something special about being a Ram too. Just in our history here, We're, our podcast, we we love this team's history. We we go back deep into it. There has been a lot of great ones come through. What did it mean to you to get a call from the Rams about you know signing with them, knowing their history of with undrafted free agents?
3: Uh, man, like I said I, before, I just want to thank God for off, stuff, you know, for giving me the ability that I have. And I want to thank the coaches and the organization from the Rams for giving me the opportunity to do what I do. I know I was very overlooked um, by a lot of teams. And, you know, it can come from many things. But, you know, uh just great for the opportunity. I feel like it's definitely a steal for me to be there. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can, you know, in my gut and my body and my soul to help the team win, whatever it takes. So, like I said again, I just thank the organization, and I'm just ready to get to work.
1: So help us get to know you a little bit. I mean, what, what are the big things that are important to you in your private life, you know, I won't say private, personal life, now that help guide you and, and push you on to, to do better things?
3: Well, definitely, it's God, my faith, and his family. I have a wife and a kid on the way, then it's football. Football has paved the way for me to do many things, and I love the game. I love to compete, In that order though—that's that's how my priorities go. You know, uh, definitely got to have faith in this game. You know, I, I can do all things through Christ.
1: Uh, I've my family was motivating. Yeah, man, I'm just excited to play football. Man. I'm sorry, you're, you're uh, getting some wind going. That's a little a little hard to hear. What was the last part you said? Oh, so I'm excited to play football. I thought, uh, so, you mentioned your faith, and your your Twitter page is all has scripture all over it, and what has the role, what role has faith played in your life up to this point in going into the NFL? I uh,
3: definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God, man. Uh, God has given me the ability that I have. Has given me the strength to persevere through new things. I've always came back from adversity uh, because of God. Um yeah, man, I couldn't, I couldn't thank God enough.
1: Man. Uh, he's the reason for it all. So, and uh, you mentioned yeah. your wife and and your, you know, you have a child on the way. One, congratulations! I appreciate on, uh, it. I on appreciate the little it. one, I've got two small ones of my own. I understand the feeling, man. There's nothing. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that will ever feel quite like the hearing. The words that you you have a baby on the way, like you your your child on the way, There's nothing like it. So congratulations to you on that, and that that's definitely oh, that's, an added motivation, right? Um,
3: oh Yeah, most definitely. All so, the motivation in the world, right there.
1: <laughs> you got a ton right there. So you know all those things Going on in your life. Let's let's dig in a little more and just some of the the more fun things here. Okay, I like to close out the interviews like this, and then I just want to know, hey, hey, what's your favorite food?
3: Favorite food? Uh,
1: I would go with chicken alfredo from Olive Garden,
3: or just a uh, you know plain old baked potato. That's the keep contrast. Down myself, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's most cool. definitely. <laughs> but hey, I, I don't blame you for the chicken alfredo with the breadsticks uh, yeah, too. Definitely. With the breadsticks, yeah, I only I,
3: yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I try to stay away from the bread right now, but uh, definitely, I get the same thing every time I go. So. No.
1: That's your post-game mule, Just, you know, uh, yeah. after you've heard uh, yeah. it. Okay, how about this, your favorite movie?
3: Favorite movie? Um, I would say Avengers right now, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely an Avengers fan, so. Uh, but overall, though, um, a big Lion King fan, Uh <laughs> As, as you know, they have a new movie coming out. I can't wait
1: until it comes out. Um, but the old Lion like, King doesn't get any better than you, you better get used to that now. Matter of fact, you might as well go ahead and get like the, the Disney Plus subscription. Because oh, when that little one's born, man, that's going to be all they watch. <laughs> oh, definitely. That or Veggie Tales or something like that. <laughs> I yeah, Well, how about this? What, what's your favorite sports movie? Since we're talking Phil.
3: I would go with Draft Day. I, I love the movies. I love the, you know, aspects it, it gives on, you know, the draft and how realistic it is, even though it's a big movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, I would say realistic. Um, definitely one of my favorite stuff. It is out of Greyhound game.
1: Ooh, that's a good one, too. That's a good one.
3: Most, de- most definitely.
1: Here's my my last big question for you, but it's actually my toughest one. I promise, it's actually the one I really, okay. really want to know the most because it kind of digs Water. deep into you as an athlete, as a, as, a, as a as a sports mind. If there was any coach in NFL history you could play for, anyone, who would it be and why? Hmm.
3: That is a tough question. <laughs> well, being that I am a LA Ram. Let's, 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 I said, being a LA Ram, I would definitely say Coach West
1: Well, that's gonna be your guy.
3: <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. The um, that's right. that's why.
1: You know, um, I do again want to congratulate you for for you know, signing up this team and, and you know, choosing this place to go. You know, i've been uh, I've been fortunate enough over the years to cover this team through a lot of bad years and a lot of bad 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 campaigns and and there's something special about wearing those horns and um just wanted to say, hey, thanks for choosing us too as well and and having pride to wear that helmet it, it means a lot to the fan base here to see anybody willingly say, Hey, we want to wear the horns and don the the blue and gold. Um, it means All right, definitely. you know it's so out there and, and uh, this is, we're a very complex fan base I'll tell you that right now <laughs> I believe it so, <laughs> uh, I love it I love the team it and, and is just one last thing here what do you as you as we end the interview here what is one thing that you want LA Rams fans overall above anything else to remember about you this year
3: definitely a go-getter and gonna do everything and anything that I can to help the team win. But it <laughs> doesn't matter what, what it takes. you got to do what it takes to make
1: the team win. That's what we need to hear. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Ramelo?
3: Uh You can find me at, at Brooker Ramelo. Um That's my name, so, yeah. All
1: right, folks, when you get a chance, give him a follow. You know, he's a, a neat guy, and uh, we, we look forward to watching your journey in the NFL. Yeah, most
3: definitely, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You're
1: welcome. You have a good one now. Uh, you too. All right, folks, and that was Houston tight end Romelo Brooker. He is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. He'll be on the lookout for him in training camp. It'll be interesting to see if he can make the team. They brought in a lot. of. Did you see that list, Mike? A ton of tight ends on that list. Yeah, Sure is. So. Sounds to me like they're looking for a third tight end. Yeah, it sounds like
2: it. And, again, it looks like, you know, we talked a little bit early on about getting the tight ends more involved, so it looks like they're definitely going to do that this year.
1: They need to. I I look at this and go, especially with some of the problems we had last year with um, geez, our boy who got hurt. I'll have you a moment here. Help me. Cooper Cup, thank you. My, you're Cup. supposed to help me out here, okay?
2: You <laughs> hey, I was getting, getting you back. I was getting oh. you back for throwing me on the bus
1: earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I did do it twice, actually. Okay. So but don't I mean I would think that you Sean McVay, the one thing he has, I think, not done as well coming over was developing those tight ends. And that's actually what he was known for. And game tight ends involved in the offense out in Washington, and he hasn't done that as well here. And I'm just thinking, sooner or later, I'd like to see that. They, they could really use some help in that underneath game where Cooper Cup was so successful. And that did slow us down later in the year. I have to believe when we look back on the offense, when we look back on the snaps, that missing Cooper Cup really hurt us. So having those other options available means something. If they can find a, a, a diamond in the rough in this undrafted agent class, outstanding, good for them. Yeah,
2: no doubt. I, I think that it comes along, and I'm kind of speaking now from a head coach point of view. You have this mindset, this ideal. You have a plan going in, and you want to do these things, and then the change, the plan changes somehow because of an injury, something else, free agency, or something like that. So you typically you're you're getting paid to win games. So at the end of the day, I'm sure Coach McVay was going with. You know what seemed to be a formula. You know, as long as we're putting wins on the board, you know, so be it. But obviously, he wants to get back to getting the tight ends more involved. But I think for last year, what was putting wins on in the win column, he just stuck with that formula.
1: Oh, no kidding! There, okay. Let's hope this year's a little different. Especially, hey, I want to see Joe Everett really come into his own this year. That's the guy I really want to see make a difference. That's you know, dot your eyes, cross your T's, put your fingers crossed, all kinds of weird whatever things you need to do. That's what you right. need to see happen. That's Joe Everett for the win. I've I've been a big believer in his for a long time. I wanna see that jump forward. Okay, folks, it's almost time for us to go. If you would like to sponsor us and we could really use some sponsors. I mean we have Mike now the the show Nomad, okay? He is our nomad. He, we need <laughs> to help him out here. Reach out to us at yeah. 1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget, if you are an Angels fan, we have the talking Halos podcast, which also comes out on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights for now. And we are working on the Dodgers podcast. I have to throw a little shade to the staff here. Staff, you well, how come the Angels are beating out the Dodgers for once on the staff guys? Come on. Turn to get in pocket. Come on. I'm talking to you, staff. I'm just giving them a hard time. So check <laughs> it out. You can find it on our feed. And, yes, we are working the Dodgers podcast as well. We are not forgetting you Dodgers fans. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. You can find me, Derek Paula on Twitter at DCPolla and Mike at 1Duke23. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud iHeartRadio, all those places. And, of course, iebeatradio.com plays our shows on Sundays and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Mike, any closing thoughts today?
2: Hey, no, one, one thing, and I don't know if you saw it, there was an article by uh, Nate Adams in USA Today talked a little bit about our power ranking slip after the draft, going from 5 to 7, somewhat based on the fact that Gurley may not be healthy. What do you think about that?
1: I would say that's absolutely ludicrous because they they addressed the running back position fairly early in the draft with possibly the best running back in the draft. Makes no sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the idea is because they did that, there may be a reason why and figuring without Gurley, then we're two slots uh, deficient, now dropping the seventh, figuring that we couldn't do it with the new back.
1: I would be surprised if they even dropped the fifth. Quite frankly, this is the defending Super Bowl champions, which is still a team that's up and coming with, with, with virtually its entire core still in place. I don't... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Just throwing well, it out there. Well, you know what? We'll talk about... We'll, we'll say that article. We'll bring it back next week and we'll get yeah. a little more in-depth with it. And, you know, let's watch some film this week as well on Mr. Henderson and see what we can bring to the table. Okay. Yeah. So, there we go. So, for Mike... This is Derek C. Paula. Take it easy. We'll talk to you all this week from the Midweek Podcast with the tour around the league. Have a great one and stay felony free. Peace out.
0: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash my savings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on Root Metrics US report. Results vary, not an endorsement.